Let's bow our heads to pray. Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for these that have come together to help each other be better grandparents. Some of us have had the wrong conception that grandparenting is a fun thing, uh, that you can do whatever you wish, and then when you're tired, you give them back to mom and dad, and you have a good night's rest. That's not what this is all about, Father. We take it very seriously that grandparenting is a heavenly calling, and we want to talk about that. We want you to be present with us while we do that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, when we were first approached to do this, uh, we said no, we would not. We didn't think we should. Um, we were given a book that is called Extreme Grandparenting. And while this has excellent ideas in it and some will be used, uh, I didn't like the title because I think every extreme is too extreme. And there were a couple of things that I found not biblical, and I'll just talk about one of them. They make the, the, the point that children are never closer to the image of God than when they are first born, the first minute when they are born. That's not true. I don't believe at all. They are closest to... to uh, perfection and being children of God when they are reborn people. However, having said that, uh, this might be an excellent book for some of you that you'd like to, to use. The la- there are a couple of chapters that are very heavy on issues about grandparenting children of divorced parents. And while I'm sorry to say that that is on the increase with us, it certainly isn't something that we wanted to spend the most time on, okay? Um, But here's the book. If somebody would like to see it later, put it there so it doesn't fall off. Um, Okay, an introduction. I wish we had a table, but we don't. Um, The goal of the session is that everybody present will leave with a greater insight into grandparenting as a heavenly calling. And by the way, I, I mention here that everything that I've taken out of the book is in italics, meaning letters like heavenly calling, because I do want to give them credit for some excellent ideas. And you will see each, everything in italics is out of the book. There are good things in the book. Uh, well, Leona suggested that maybe we ought to go back to the first one. I thought all of you had read that already. But the fact is that the Bible talks about grandparents. Um, when Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded also. So we think, at least all of us in this room that believe that scripture, that grandma had something to do with Timothy's development, and, and, and it's really, really important. I want to go back now. Uh, I've already mentioned, uh, not, not their names, but, but Dr. Tim and Darcy Himmel wrote the book. 
Our hope is that a lively discussion will reveal gems of wisdom others have found to be effective in, the, in their experience as grandparents. And I, I want to make a disclaimer first. Uh, we are the richest people in the world, haven't got much money in the bank, but all of our children and grandchildren and their spouses are believers. And I was really floored when we were concerned that Timmy, having lost his grandma, uh, that they called Muti, how he would deal with that. And when he came to this grandma, who is Omi, and I'm Opa, by the way, her concerns were totally uh, alleviated when she said, well, how are you doing, Timmy? He said, well, I'm just thankful that just a few weeks ago, Muti saw me baptized. And so all of her children are also in the faith. And that is totally, totally God's fault. Don't look at us and say, oh, what a great job, uh, these two grand... No, 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 no. We can, be, we can only augment what the Holy Spirit is doing in the lives of our children. And I know many believers, every bit as faithful of, uh, as ours and as concerned about their grandchildren as we have been about ours that have grandchildren that made different choices, that they had absolutely no way of changing because they were adults at the time. Uh, and so that's the disclaimer that I'd like to make. It's really God's fault that we can say we're the richest people in the world. Uh, Leona's going to read Proverbs 22.6. Train, up, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Okay. What two things jump out at you, when, and you all know that uh, scripture by, uh, from memory. What are uh, two things really jump out at me when it talks when the scripture talks about raising, well, it doesn't talk about raising children. I just rained on my own parade. What, what stands out for you in that Proverbs scripture? Okay, training, and what else? Yeah, when they are old, they will not depart from it. My father was one of ten children of faithful believers, before Grandma and Grandpa died, four were converted. After they were gone, all but one let the Lord into their life and, and to make a difference. So while we would love to be able to see it and love to be able to experience it, not all of us will. That doesn't mean we've done a poor job. That doesn't mean we've not prayed enough. That doesn't mean anything excepting they waited longer than our grandchildren did to come to the Lord. I want to talk about the word training a bit. I'm, I'm, I'm a trainer. Even since I'm retired, I, I enjoy doing some training for businesses. And we say, you really haven't trained anybody unless you've done four things. One is, show them what needs to be done. The second is, sorry, the first is, tell them, instruct them on what needs to be done, and then show them how to do it and then watch them until they know how to do it, and then come back on occasions to see if they're still doing it. And if you don't do those four things, you haven't trained anybody. That's what we say, at least. Training is not raising children. Training is preparing children for life. And there is a 
great, great difference. Uh, we're going to, it, the, the format is very simple, and it's a discussion format, please. We're going to talk about becoming a grandparent. We're going to talk about a strategic plan to influence our family to embrace the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about positive elements of our strategic plan. And then we're going to talk about some variables that influence that plan. Grandparenting is a sacred calling, the, the, the hymn will say, and I agree with that wholeheartedly. Uh, want some uh, feedback from you now. What emotions did you experience when you became a grandmother? And I, I'm going to have Leona tell you what she experienced when Jason was born. Uh, to me, that showed the glory of God. Okay. Because as I took this child in my arms, I said, now this is child of my child? Is that possible? And I have to say the feeling was the same with all 11 of them. And now to think that we have been given the privilege of going to the next generation and holding them in our arms and saying, God is really full of glory and he's so good to us. To me, you never can have too many children. <laughs> That's the most number of words I've ever heard her use in expressing that moment. She would usually go, oh, and then, of, <laughs> how did you feel? Tell me, be, be honest. How did, I had somebody once tell me, I'm too young to be a grandfather. Yes. I was privileged to be actually the entire time with Cheryl and Stephanie when they went into labor. Uh, James okay. called us at 11 o'clock at night, something like that. Okay. And so uh, we were there, I was there all the time. Uh, luckily, my daughter-in-law uh, invited me and my daughter did. And many, many times I en ended up praying as things maybe okay. got rough. And I, I felt that that was uh, uh, my duty at that time. Okay. So when the children came, it was like a culmination of that whole experience. And it certainly was very wonderful. Unfortunately, in the olden days, we were not given that privilege. I just don't remember so clearly uh, seeing Tom in the room where Kelly, with our first grandchild, was, was lying down sleeping, and he's just looking at her, looking at her, looking at her. I'll never forget that. Okay. Yeah. Anybody else? I was in there, too, like Satan was with both of my girls. And prayed a lot because it didn't go so well with my girls. They both ended up having to have cesarean sections after and um, Amy twice we lost the baby's heartbeat and we lost hers and we had to turn around her head upside down and if, if I wouldn't have been a believer I couldn't have made it through that because as a nurse I knew what was happening. Okay. The other grandma didn't know. You knew too much. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the next question. How much personal involvement did you anticipate having in, in, re in rearing. rearing your grandchildren? What, now, now you're a grandma or grandpa. How much time did you intend to spend in assisting the rearing process? Yes? Well, I thought it's going to be much less. 
<laughs> thought it was going to be much less. Yes. Okay. But I'm very, very thankful to the Lord that he um, made it so they're, they're close. The kids are close. And George, my son-in-law, occasionally loves to tease me and said, they say that he's moving to D.C. And I said, good, look for two houses. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm along too. Right, okay. Anybody else want, want to uh, share with us what they might have anticipated their involvement to be? Sister Esther? I learned quickly to stay out of it. Stay out of it, okay. Just do things for them, and but oh, okay. that's their child, and I can only do nice things for them. Play okay. with the children, but okay. that's it. But you do have a lot of involvement with, with them. I, you, all, you can see it at camp here, as a matter of fact, that, that you do. But you're speaking in terms of uh, involving the decision-making things for the children, right? Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's their child, and okay. it's up to them, you know. Let's talk about that for just a moment. Uh, what do you do, or what should you do? Maybe not what do you do. Uh, if, in fact, grandparenting is a heavenly calling for you, what should you do when you feel there's something missing? in what the child maybe ought to be learning or experiencing or doing at that point in time. You speak up. You pray. Well, you pray, first of all. John? Well, I have reputations, my grandchildren, that they have a grandpa bite to finish when they come to cleaning up their plate. Oh, I see. (laughs) Okay. Yes, brother? Uh, I think every... Our children, and I believe in other families too, they are not all the same. That's true. And they would say to the grandparents, you know what? If they deserve, you give them. Okay? If they don't listen to you when you babysit them, oh. whatever, when they're already bigger. You know? Yeah, you're not talking about candy right now. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. No, I'm just saying that, and someone, someone would say, well, nobody will spend my child. Okay? So it depends well, on the parents. Well, we're going to get to that a bit okay. later. Yeah. I guess, I don't believe in spoiling them. Don't believe in spoiling them. Yeah. But you know, that's what you hear about most of all, is it's my uh, privilege as a grandparent to spoil them and then give them back. No, it's not. Not at all. We're going to find that out. Uh, in, in reality, though, number three, what reality, what really became reality in your relationship with them? Is there anybody here that, that has, you said you have more uh, interaction, sister, than you thought you would. I, I really thought that my girls are going, well, actually that Nina is going to be the one to um, to do most of it. Okay. And yet it, it turns out that uh, the aunties are very involved. Okay. And grandma, I mean, Baka and dad are involved too. Um, I don't mind it. Okay. But I love to spoil them because they okay. have enough who are, and, I, and especially my oldest one. I, I can't hear her yeah. cry. Well, this one too, the oldest one is still the oldest one, or the first one, okay? Anybody else? Brother Tony, quickly? Yes, well, uh, as you know, we have many children, and then when we uh, had our last child, uh, I figured we'll be getting grandparents someday, but I didn't anticipate to do much with them, and uh, it's just amazing how they yeah. take your heart and how, yeah. how, how, what, how much of a joy they bring. Very good. What, and the, the other question is, what, are, what were the primary influences that determined your involvement with them? 
Katie went to work, and I had Robbie from okay. six months old till two and a half every day. Working parents. So for me, it was hard okay. to right. realize that I was not his mother. What, what else besides parents working? Yes. While uh, I was working, Stephanie, I wanted Stephanie to be involved with choir, uh, Eric as well with okay. different things. And I never said no. Whenever they uh, needed to go okay. somewhere or do something, especially for church, I was there. So I just made sure that they know okay. I'll be there whenever Good. needed. Available. Yes. Always available. Yes, Lily. Uh, the, the distance. My grandson's in Brazil. Yeah. I would love to have contact with him. Yeah. But I can't. Oh, yeah, and, and that's too bad, really. I, I feel for you. Yes. But my, my youngest son's children, they live close from me, and I don't say no. When they need me, they can come anytime okay. for drink or food. Or, I, don't, I don't spoil them. I don't give them ice cream or whatever they want. I give them delicious food, but I cook. Okay. Uh, let me ask you this. And not to, I, I don't want to pick on you, but we talked about it kind of superfluously. What about the, the, the time when you think they need some correction? Oh, I tell them. You know, I'm, I'm, did, does, it, does anybody really think twice as a grandparent when they really see something at that point in time? Uh, and probably when we're alone with the children, that's one thing. Exactly. But if the parents are present, still, no. it's not as easy. Yes. I, I usually step up and speak up if okay. I see them uh, being either rough or not, not. Uh, um, respecting their parents. Okay. If that is coming home and they're they're playing somewhere and they don't they ignore that, okay. I I'm telling you, that's home. Go, go, go. Okay. Or if Maria bad you know, talks back to mom, then I will step up and say, Hey, don't that's your mother, you're okay. But do you tell the yes, parents please. when they're of course. Please. Oh, I, I think the, <laughs> the key that I used was from early on, they learn if only says no, it's no. Yeah. My children learned very young. When mom said no, it meant no. And I don't care how many times they said, please, I want to, I this, I that. I mean, I didn't even realize this. This is something that I learned when my children were already married. And we had a um, marriage uh, group meeting. They were married, we were married. And then at one Mother's Day, they said, what's the, most what's the most thing that you can remember about your mother? And they each said, if she said no, it was no. I tried not to say no if I didn't have to. And so this just carried over to the grandchildren. And very rarely did I have to enforce it. I, one of them's here. Um, it's it's too bad that there aren't more here that they could you know say that, but I mean it's hard to be that way. But if you establish it from the beginning, there's no problem. And actually, I never felt from our children that they resented us, whatever discipline we needed to use. Because if we were having the children, which we did, I mean choir practices. We would have another grandparent and I sometimes had seven or eight in the baby room during choir practice. You have to. If it's no, it's no. They, I remember they used to, when they were little, used to tell each other, you know, if, if, if she wasn't even involved with one of those, one of those would say, hey, you better believe only means it. 
It's so, not easy to do it. So they were helping each other, uh, which I thought, gee, this is really getting through, you know. <laughs> but it, it was true. Uh, one of the things that I really found um, interesting, maybe because I teach management, but these people talk about a strategic plan to influence our family to, to embrace the kingdom of God. The strategic plan comes out of, uh, out, out of the book. Uh, so I put a definition down, strategic. Necessary to or important in the initiation, conduct, or completion of a strategic plan or great importance within an integrated whole or to a planned effect. Now, that's a lot of words, but what that really means is, I, I, I believe, I took it to mean, a plan that everything else set aside, whatever we do, the goal is to influence the children to the kingdom of God. Whatever they want to do has to become a part of that goal to influence them to become a part of the kingdom of God. And that's what this means, a strategic plan. And we're gonna, I've got a few things here I want to share with you and hear some more from you. Um, and, and, and it talks about a planned effect with an integrated whole, meaning we, we're actually in concert with mom and dad in, in, in influencing these children to embrace the kingdom of God. And mom and dad are the primary ones and we have to augment their efforts, excepting when we really feel that uh, there might be something missing or something heavy-handed or, or, or whatever. Uh, what might some of those things be? Um, you said it, Brother uh, Costo, that every child is different. And I had to learn that the hard way. Um, my Bob isn't here. His Bob is here, so I can talk about his daddy for a minute. Uh, Bob was the kind of a kid that you really needed to uh, put it on his popo once in a while to make your point. Uh, because he, he had a tendency to, to have a a short fuse, and I remember he, he was still in diapers, so it didn't hurt him much. I, I heard him uh, going to his favorite place in the kitchen because there was linoleum there instead of carpet, and it would be louder, you know, and he started his circle and stomping his feet. So I went in and, and told him, let me give you something to stomp about. And so, but I had to realize then uh, his, his sister was just the opposite. If I just looked at her, just look at her. She melted. David was one that you, he was reasonable, meaning you could reason with him, but you had to do that. Giving him a spanking didn't change anything. But if you took him aside and say, no, you know, I, I, I need to talk to you about this, and he was reasonable about it. <coughs> I, I, I remember when Lynn was, was uh, a young teenager in high school and uh, I, I became very, very sick. Uh, started in September and by, November, by December when they took my kidney out, it was tough times. But anyway, I had just come home from the hospital again, weak as a pup, couldn't work anymore. And uh, we came down to the dinner table and Lynn had happened to sit right across from me. And I said, Lynn, what do you have on your eyes? She said, nothing. 
And mother took a white napkin and rubbed it and said, nothing doesn't come off on a napkin. And I, I was so weak, that, and I'm thankful I was, that I just burst into tears. Just absolutely burst into tears. And she ran away from the table, walked upstairs, washed her face, came down, gave me a kiss and said, Daddy, I will never do that again. And she never did. Never put ever makeup on again. And she wasn't converted until after that. But we need to, to sometimes be reminded by others that uh, maybe something that we are doing, techniques that we, we are missing or whatever, other people are more probably going to see that than, than, than we are. Why? Because they're not in the heat of the moment. They really aren't. Uh, and, and maybe uh, we ought to cool down. Um, I know I gave my mom many, many times to be angry with me. She never was. But then when I, I, I can never remember her ever being angry with me. But I do remember that there were times when I thought, uh-oh, now I'm going to get it. And she didn't come for quite a while to uh, implement the justice that, that had to be done. And I realized now she was just cooling down. So she wasn't going to be angry. Any other experiences that some of you might have made where you really needed the help of somebody else to maybe adjust this plan that we're talking about? Mark, yes? The way she did with the napkin, she just took on it yeah. and she showed her. Yeah. If she would right away yell at her and say, why are you lying? Well, look at this, so, look at no. this, so. <laughs> and she would be harder. Yeah. She would not go probably up and do that well, because a father yeah. said to me, you know, before when uh, his daughter became, a, uh, when she was a child, being trained, you know, with a head cover, and then later on she wants to change something else. And she came in the car the first time, and the father didn't like it, so he just reached up and took the, that kind of head cover off and said to her, Now you go back in your room and put what you had last Sunday. She went in and she came back with the same one, and he said, I didn't reach anymore the second time. Well. So she, that means she won, but I'm just saying, depends how we talk to the kids. Yeah. Maybe the brother yeah. shouldn't done this, you know, grab yeah. it and take Could it out be. and send her in. Maybe talk to her not the way you just showed, right? Look yeah. there, it shows here. Well, so many times the way we react with the kids, this is not going to react back. Yeah. And next to my mother, I can say this woman, I never saw angry either. Oh. <laughs> not, not, not at me or the children. You are gone a lot. <laughs> Let's move on to the next point. <laughs> but you know, I, I, to, I told somebody once that, that in, in, in fact, I, I used to uh, sometimes raise my voice when I was excited, and then I realized that she never did. At him. At me. At me. Never did. And all of a sudden it dawned on me, and, and you know, I wish she would have, because it would have made me feel less guilty. <laughs> But, but I will, I will re, I'll never forget what she told me once when I finally dawned on me. I said, look, you know, why, when I raised my voice at you, why, why don't you return it in kind? And she said, because I know that isn't really you and you'll be back. Man. Okay. Um, I had this thing done so that I could do these incrementally. Uh, part of the plan... Uh, make a commitment to, to the goal. I, I, I had first a goal, but it's the goal. And this is the goal. That we need to remember in everything that we do, the entertainments we take our children to, uh, the things they see in our homes, 
uh, the experiences that they make when they're with us always need to have a, a connecting point to this goal. I'm not suggesting you can't have fun and do that. I was so, you know, Brother Eckhart and, and um, Eric had a forum on fathers and sons. And if you want to leave the room, I won't embarrass you. But the, I, I can tell you, and I've told Leona, when, when I was uh, the, the under-shepherd of the Weston Road Church, I was many times in their home. And I have, I have never been in any other home where everybody, including me, was having so much fun. Good, clean, honest, good time. And, that, and that's a building block to the kingdom also. It surely is. Um, make it a priority. Uh, always available, Sister, you said. That, that, that has to be the priority. Not that the house has to be cleaned or the yard has to be cut or whatever. I, I remember Jason once. I can't, he was staying with us. I think he was four years old. And... Uh, I came home from work at noon. And she said, what are you doing home from work? I'm going, and I said, I'm going fishing with my grandson. I said, you what? You have never come home from work and ever went fishing with your sons. And you know, the problem is, and, and nor, I don't believe I ever told, I didn't, she probably did, but I, I don't think I ever told my, ch told my children that I loved them until I had grandchildren. Isn't that sad? My father or mother never told me I love you, but there wasn't a doubt in my mind that they did. But to not tell them, I, I, I think is just too bad. We do that more easily with our grandchildren, and now before we even hang up the phone with our children or our grandchildren, we will say, you know, I love you. You never know when that's the last time to be able to say that. Okay? But make it a priority. And last but not least, monitor the progress. And, and I, I want to talk about that. You know, when, when, when you make a strategic plan, you have a measuring tool to measure how well you're doing toward meeting your goal. Tell me what you think might be some signs of progress in your strategic plan of guiding the family to the kingdom. How do you know it seems to be working? What are the signs? Or that it's not working? Sister Esther? Um, like hiding, Tibby really raised three, I mean, just very nice children. They're all in their 20s, late 20s. And not only that, they're so close to me, and especially to Carl. I mean, they still miss him. You know. yeah. But now I'm, you know, I'm there, and they just come to me. We can talk about everything and anything. Okay. And they have the key to the house. They just open the okay. door. Hi, Grandma, you know. And But what I think is the progress the other grandchildren are still too young, you know. You're right. The three oldest. I mean, we have just absolutely like a, a wonderful uh, relationship. They have, but it's the result of the parents. Well, yeah, that that's true. But they have confidence in you. 
And I think that's the first measurable sign when you feel that the children have confidence in you, whether yeah. they're your children or grandchildren. Right now, Gabriel is 28 now, and not too long ago. We were talking, and he just said to me, he says, Grandma, I just love you so much. Isn't that great? That's good. Lily, you had your hand up, too. Yeah, I was just thinking about th seeing things like politeness in the children, okay. seeing good character, being raised in the, that they're responsible, okay. those kind of things. Yeah. You know, I, 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 one of the things that I didn't think I should do was tell you uh, what I disagreed in, in the book. Uh, I told you one thing. I'll tell you one more. Uh, the very first line in the book is, Hi, uh, I'm Tim. You can call me Grandpa. And his wife said, Hi, I'm Darcy. You can call me Darcy. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, if... Brother Eckhart, please. <clears throat> We always enjoyed our children, but what was special and that told us that they behaved when they were even away. That's other right. people told us they enjoyed it. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and that's wonderful. And you know, there's only one reason for that, and it isn't discipline only, it's love with discipline. I can remember the time my mom uh, decided that the cap corporal punishment that cherry switched on my behind her wasn't working anymore because I took it out of her hand and I broke it. And I think I might have been 12. And she said, you know where I got this, don't you? I did, the cherry tree at the end of the garden. She said, uh, get yourself a saw and get me another one. And I brought it and she said, now, you know, I had peeled all the... The, the skin or the bark off of the first switch, I want you to do the same. And so I did, and I was just waiting for this. And I, I had gotten to the point where, you know, my, my, my curiosity just overcame me sometimes. And I got to the point where uh, I thought, well, I'm going to do it, I, I'm going to get a, a licking for it. Um, tough to sit on the milk stool the first night, maybe, but after that. And I'll never forget, she... I gave it to her. She said, see this thing? She said, I will never, ever use that on you again. I thought, oh, I finally made it. But it's what she said next. She said, from now, she honestly believed that every sin that I had committed or wrong that I had done, her corporate punishment was God's, satisfying God for that particular offense. And she said, you know, uh, from now on, everything that you do, you're going to answer to God for from this day forward. Man, that was really a sobering moment. But when I got to the point where I was ready to stretch that too much, it was the love that I knew my parents had for me that just disallowed me from doing it. And, and that's the same thing. When, 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 when love is so obvious, then it becomes a situation where... Um, you, it, it binds Satan. It really does. Okay. Going to move on, my helper here says. And she's right. Okay. Uh, critical elements of expediting the plan. Simply meaning things that probably will be necessary uh, to make this plan work or be effective. Uh, one is, let them know you are praying for them without ceasing. Let them know that. Uh, don't, don't just let them think, yeah, I think my, uh, Oma and Opa is praying for us. Let them know that. 
Because if they have respect for you, uh, because of, of, of the godly attitude, perhaps that they have seen, they find strength in knowing that you're praying for them. Be sure your personal life always emulates Christ's teachings. Yes, Rob. If, if I can just yeah, um, back that up. One of the biggest comforts to, to especially those of us that, you know, that live in Florida, was when we would go over to Omi and Opa's condo and we'd be, you'd sit and talk with them for a while and Omi would say, you know, we pray for you guys every night, specifically, individually, by name. And they never said that to us just once. It was, you know, at least once a week or whenever we went over there, they always reminded us of that. And that has always been a tremendous help to us. Um, and, and for us, it's a reminder of just how much they really love us. I mean, not that we ever had any doubts or anything like that, but the fact that, that they pray for us and live that out in their relationship with us is one of the things I think that defines us closest to them more than anything else. Yes, Trudy. The problem I have is without ceasing. I don't always do that without ceasing. Well, I don't think that means 24-7 necessarily. No? No. I, 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 I think what it means whenever your prayer time is... They should be on the list, okay? And, and often, and you know that because you experience it. If, if we know there's, there's a, a conflict in their life or there's a burden in their life, many times during the day it comes to mind and we approach the Heavenly Father on their behalf. But that's a confidence builder. That's, that's a trust factor builder very, very much. Um, I want you to deal with the third one, honey. This one right here. Share with them... They don't know what the third one is yet. Uh, Share with him your personal struggles when you were their age. Well, I'm trying to think back when it was I finally wrote uh, like part of my life history for my grandchildren. I think it was before any of them were engaged. There was talk about, you know, we feel this or we feel that or we feel something else. And I actually with God's help, wrote my life from the time I came to America, actually up until the time that David was born. And in that time, I wrote them my struggles as a young woman, uh, thinking of the opposite sex uh, and how it was when uh, I had a marriage proposal and how did I handle that proposal um, how did that turn out? And then... Another marriage. Yes. <laughs> Before I, was, I was getting there. Uh, and I told them that sometimes life throws you a curve. And you can fall into a horrible life so quickly if you don't first get on your knees and ask God to show you what your way is. I mean, it was something that I had so made so plain to me that there was no doubt in my mind, this is not your way to go. Then, when how things were, when I had the proposal from their grandfather and how things were and what my feelings were and what our life was, and I had that printed out and I gave them to my, grand, to my grandchildren. Your granddaughter. Did you get a copy, Rob? 
No, I didn't. <laughs> no, I think they passed it. Yeah, I think they did. They, I, I remember reading one. They yeah. passed it. They passed it. one for family. Well, I think we did one for family. Because I said, I want them to know that just because they see what is now was not always. Yeah. The struggles you have, the trials you go through, be honest with them. I remember, you know, nurses, you can't read their writing. I, I still can't read hers. And so uh, I typed it into my, into my database, and, and it took a while. And I remember every emotion in my body uh, being aroused by what she wrote there. I laughed out loud sometimes. I cried, literally cried sometimes, but I couldn't see the screen. I mean, that's how, how openly uh, she, how, how deeply she opened her soul to these children. And I think that's important. You know, they see us, hopefully, as mature believers, and they look at the results of that, meaning our day-to-day -day life that we live in their presence, and they think, uh, probably, that they've always been that way. And then they begin to feel, I remember we, we were sitting at the supper table once when this Bobby's dad was eight years old, and I'm telling a story about something that happened when I was a child. And he got this funny look, and his eyes almost popped, and he said, Dad, you were a kid once? <laughs> and we really need to let them know that, and need to know that the struggles that they're feeling are the same struggles, or similar at least, to what we experience too. And I, I really think that disarms the devil, because a lot of the things that happen in a young person's life as they're growing up are absolutely normal, and not sinful at all. The, you know, the world has, has made all these things sinful, but that's the way God made us, and uh, they, they need to hear it from their grandma. But now, the sequel she hasn't written yet, so we're working on that. Uh, also, the next one. Only about 49 years to put in there. <laughs> <laughs> Always show interest in their personal endeavors. What's that mean to you? I want, I, I want to know what it means to you. Ask for their interests and have interest on them too and ask why. And okay. Uh, a little questioning going on there with, from Grandma, which is good. Trudy? And listening to them. See what listening they're talking to them? about, what they're talking about, and what language okay. they use, and what words they choose. Okay. Okay, listening to them. Yes. I would just like to share a little bit about my dad as a grandparent. That will answer your question, plus the one about praying without ceasing. He just turned 95 this past Sunday when we came to camp. And two weeks prior to that, his three last grandchildren were baptized. So he is in the wow. same situation oh. as you just related. Rich man. Yeah, uh, many times he said, um, I don't know why I'm living. I said, Dad, because you're praying for your grandchildren, and yeah. not all of them were baptized at that. But another thing about uh, uh, interests, uh, sharing their interests, uh, I can say that one great thing about my dad that I always keep in mind, but I can't be like him in that sense. He is a joker, he is light, he is positive, he is never negative. And, and uh, he would play ping pong with kids, he would play chess with his grandchildren, things like that. 
Um, and that's the way he shared of his own, you know, with them, which they really appreciated. Yeah. Well, my grandchildren will tell them every now and then I tell them that the Holy Spirit has to remind me that I'm going to give an account for every idle word that I speak, and I'm going to have a long session on that one. Because we have fun when we get together. We really do. Um, I don't think that's an idle word when you're having fun. Well, I hope not. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think you're right, John. I think you're right. But you know me too for many, many, many years, and I can still think of a burn shave sign before a scripture verse I ought to have remembered. <laughs> but anyway... Uh, <coughs> yeah, okay. Um, go ahead. Talk about that. I think if you're able to, it's important if they invite you to school functions. Like I remember, I mean, they used to have Grandmother's Day or Grandparents' Day. Uh, they played in different instruments. They sang in choruses. Uh, and at... Um, the school where Frida works part-time now, they even have invited grandparents to a morning program. Um, and that's a good way to show the children that you're interested in what they're doing and supporting them. You know, they don't want to practice all their life and, you, and nobody ever hears it. Right. Or nobody knows who their grandparents are. Oh, I, I want to throw a caveat into this number whatever it is, three or always show interest in their personal endeavors, and you should. <coughs> Supposing that you feel one of those personal endeavors were not conducive to influencing them to the kingdom of God, then what? You have to tell. I mean, I, I, my grandchildren are probably the youngest one here. I'm probably, maybe not the youngest grandparent here, but Robbie, a um, couple weeks ago, he said, you know, Nanny, I, there's three jobs I want to do when I grow up. And I said, well, what are those three jobs? And he said, I want to be, uh, I want to build houses like my dad, I want to be a fireman, and I want to play electric guitar in a rock band. Now, <laughs> where he came up with this, I don't know. He, he doesn't have any of that influence at home or at my house. And he spends a lot of time at my house. But I said, well, do you think Jesus would be happy with a little boy playing guitar in a rock band? You've seen some of these crazy rock band things. He says, well, probably not. But if it's for Jesus, that might work. And I said, well, you might want to rethink that later. Well, maybe I'll play the piano. <laughs> you know, you have to learn yeah. to kind of process it and tell them that it's maybe not what yeah. a Christian boy would do, but then give him an alternative. <laughs> well, yeah, and, 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 and that's right. And, and that's exactly right. Simply tell them, no, you can't do that. That's only half of it. No, that's a third of it. The next third is explain to them why. And the last third is, let's do this instead. You know, but, you know, that's what you call training. But you see, that takes time, doesn't it? Yeah, Rob. Well, and as a grandchild, what makes that palatable is the love and the respect that exists between yeah. both of us. Yeah. You know, not only that, that I love and respect you for everything you've done for me, but you also respect me as an individual enough to share with me your concern. Yeah. And it's that, it's that foundation that enables you know you to have that influence in our lives. Yeah. 
I, I, the, the, the problem is that uh, sometimes parenting, even if you want to allow children to make up their own minds about things, and, and we really need to teach them how to make, uh, how, how to come up with good judgment and make good decisions, but they're children. And, and I think that even every parent has to reserve the veto in the back of their mind and say, no, I'm sorry. Uh, I remember when Lynn was, uh, was, was going uh, to high school and some nice-looking young fellow asked her to go to the prom. And I saw his picture, and he was a nice-looking kid. And uh, so I thought, I- I'm, I'm going to let this thing play out as long as I have to before I say, well, I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. But anyway, uh, it, it all boiled down to the fact where uh, I, I pleaded with her and said, you know, they, you know what they do at the prom. Yeah, they have a, have a meal, and then they dance. I said, you don't know how to dance. Wouldn't you look dumb when you don't know how to? Oh, she said, that doesn't matter because his leg's broken, is in a cast, and he can't dance either. <laughs> so the devil plays, pulls out all the stuff. But then she said, I said, okay, but think it over. And before she gave him the answer, it was, Daddy, I'm not going to go. Not because I wouldn't like to, but I wouldn't hurt you for anything. I love you. And, 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 and the psychologists in the school couldn't understand that the parameters we had put around our children, even before they got in high school, he said, I need to talk to these children. You know? And then word came back, you know, he's got to talk to a parent uh, if he's going to... Uh, talk, talk to the children. And the, thing, the thing that really upset his uh, mental thing, uh, not totally, but plenty, was that the kids didn't resent it. He said, I can't believe these kids don't resent that. Well, it depends how we built that hedge and with what materials. Uh, be there for them always on every occasion. Uh, what's the next one? Always try to work in concert with their parents in the rearing process. Uh, and we already talked about that, when that might become difficult to do. And I'm going to give you a couple of things in the, in, in the last slide in the next couple of minutes. Uh, maintain a kingdom focus on everything, and we talked about that. Uh, never, and, and this, of course, came off of, uh, out of Himmel's book, and this is terrific. Never write them off because they fall short of the glory of God. Never write them off. Never say, uh, you know, you're beyond it. You know, don't, never write them off because they fall short of the glory of God. So did we, and still do sometimes, okay? And last but not least, some of the variables that that influence the plan, uh, and this comes out of it again, the book, our children are the gatekeepers to our grandchildren, meaning that, they are the ones that are the responsible parties, notwithstanding, we still have a heavenly calling to influence them toward the kingdom of God. But uh, family considerations that influence that, perhaps parents are both converted in, in our fellowship, that makes it easy, easier. Not always easy, but easier. Uh, both parents are Christians, but not in our fellowship. Uh, that needs to be an altered plan, don't you see? Always with the same focus, but has to have different strategic uh, elements in it. 
uh, perhaps both parents are unconverted. Um, one parent is converted and the other not. Um, your child is sing a single, unconverted parent. Got some of that too, don't we? At least I know we do in some instances. And your child is a single, converted parent. You know, maybe, maybe father, for whatever reason, left the family. Then grandpa has to do double duty, doesn't he? He really does. So all of these things really influence that. I want to close with something that was inspired by a comment. In Rem Some of you maybe get or used to get Reminisce magazine. Reinman Publications is a publishing house that does all of these great magazines like, like Country and uh, what's the... Taste of Home and all of those kinds of things. And Reminisce was one of those magazines. And the statement was, children are the living messages we send to a time we will never see. And when you think about that, everything we do with our children or our grandchildren are an investment into a future that we can affect even though we're never going to go there, right? There comes a day when life is done when we are sure our race is run, as we behold our setting sun, around us stand our children. It will not matter, it then will matter not at all what accolades hang on the wall or lands we own with buildings tall. The best we leave is children. Much better far than all earth's gold are priceless lessons they were told when hearts were tender, not yet cold, to light the way for children. The nobler things we labored for will go beyond our earthly door and travel on to harvest more when practiced by our children. The most important thing to know is how to love and teach them so when it comes time for us to go, our best lives on through children. Thank you. <laughs>